maybe you, your child, or somebody you love and care about is struggling with mood, that's why you got to listen to this episode about the magic of magnesium for mood. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're talking about magnesium for mood and mental health and just how it helps and why we're so resistant to trying new things. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. This is It's Gonna Be Okay with Dr. Roseanne. And this is an amazing episode because we're gonna talk about magnesium for mood, mental health, hands pandas, all the things that are coming up in the world. And I have a very special guest because we know we don't have a lot of guests. But we have Dr. Jaquel Patterson. She's a naturopathic physician. She's somebody who I refer to and work with all the time. And she supports people all over. And she's in Connecticut and Arizona, but she also does consults. And so welcome. I'm so glad that you're here to talk about magnesium for mood because not only do we have our own brand, Neurotastic, multi-mag brain formula, but I'm obsessed with magnesium. And it's one of those supplements that when people take, they always say, why didn't I take this sooner? Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Roseanne, for having me. Very excited to talk about magnesium, pans and pandas. It's something, magnesium is something that I frequently recommend to patients. And I also have that same experience as you when people, it's such a small little change that people can notice a big difference in like the sleep and their mood, overall mood. It's definitely a big staple I use pretty frequently in practice. And, you know, I love that you say this is a small change because a lot of times both of us, you know, using supplements and nutrition is just what we do. And we really help people with mental health with part of that and physical health. But a lot of times there's a resistance because they'll say, you know, my physician doesn't recommend this. Why do you think there is such a resistance in traditional allopathic medicine to supplements? I think it's because it's, you know, it, uh, they don't know. You know, it's like they say with more than more knowledge, the more education that's coming by way of like functional medicine. So I'm seeing a lot of my peers and colleagues. I have friends across all tables by way of allopathic uh, training. And once they they learn, about, I think there's hesitancy because they don't know the research that is actually there. And there is actually a lot of uh, research and clinical studies. And so oftentimes when I'm speaking to them or I'm sharing information and and they see the research behind it, it makes more sense. And so I think there has to be that interest. And I think that's something for people in naturopathic medicine and integrative medicine. There's always a continued desire to continue to learn and be open in what things are going to best serve our patients. So I think it's a disservice to not look to it, look into it in some realm because whether or not we like it or not, you know, many people are dabbling, you know, in it. I think it's that when I saw, you know, some studies in terms of how the increase of complementary and alternative medicine that people are taking those supplements, but unfortunately, they might not necessarily share it with their provider if they don't feel like it is safe to do so. So yeah. at the end of the day, we ultimately, our goal is to do what is for the best interest um, of the people that we serve. You know, and two points. So one, there's a lot of good nuggets in there to unpack, but um, when it talks about complementary medicine, only 11% of parents are sharing with their pediatricians that they're using complementary alternative medicine. I didn't know that. Wow. wow. Yeah, 11%. <laughs> so that's kind of scary because I think a lot of times they get pushback because I know that, that they do because I get the emails from my people in our brain behavior reset program that says, my doctor says it's, you know, fooey. 
this true story happened yesterday. So didn't want their kid, didn't feel like vitamin B6 was going to help the kid, you know, even though I thought it was a, a good necessary component. And the other part of things is you do a lot of training for different groups, physicians, healthcare providers, mental health care providers. I mean, it's really, every time I see you on, on social, I'm like, where in the world is Dr. Patterson? She's always out and about. And what brings some of those people to that, those trainings? Like, because it is opening as somebody who, you know, I've been integrative the entire time and practicing since 1992. It's really changed and it's opened up. So much has happened in the last 12 to 15 years. Like, I can't believe how much in a good way. But what's bringing some of those doctors to the table to meet with you and really want to learn more? Speaking to what you mentioned, one of the reasons why I love teaching when we have, you know, patients 11% using it that are not sharing that with the with the doctors actually a disservice because some of them, as we know, can interact with the medications are on and working with someone that's a trained expert in that is going to help to make sure that doesn't actually happen. And so a lot of times some folks are hearing of just the bad stories They're not hearing all the, the positive stories of people that have had great success using integrative medicine. And so that's one of the reasons I, I love to train. And unfortunately, a lot of the folks that have gotten into that have went more the conventional route and are, are dabbling into integrative medicine, they've had their own life experience where it hasn't, you know, the conventional model hasn't necessarily met the needs that they, they either had themselves or their family. And oftentimes people that are coming to see us and I see the same with a lot of my peers have went to seven to nine doctors before they've come to see us and they still don't 100%. feel well. Yeah, they don't yeah. feel well. They're not getting the answers. And so they're looking at us as another option. And then when they see that option works, they're like, oh, okay. And so I think the same thing is happening in the space of functional medicine is, is there are a lot of people that there's these kind of unmet needs of like being in the middle or being in the gray, but there's nothing really clear. And that's a place that I think we can thrive and help and support really uh, pretty significantly. And so I think just getting more education about that. And I think we're also just getting, there's the push by consumers that are forcing um, some education to come. And then I think also just this new group of doctors that are there's more exposure earlier on. You know, when I first went into naturopathic medicine, I was going to go in the conventional track. The only person I had heard of at that time, that was over 20 years ago, was Dr. Andrew Wheel. I didn't know what track I can go through if I went to conventional medical school and out and worked at a hospital. But now there's more opportunities. There's lifestyle medicine they're doing, you know, obesity medicine, you know, functional medicine paths now. Those didn't exist 15 or 20 years no. ago. So that also mm -hmm. helps significantly. And I know you work with every developmental age across the spectrum. People are seeing seven to nine doctors at a minimum before they get to you, 100%. right? I like to share everybody. My world record was some, I was the 55th provider one time. But I would say that it's not uncommon, particularly with pans and pandas and things like OCD, for me to be the 12th or greater provider, which is completely not acceptable. But what are some of the biggest things that you're seeing that is affecting mental health? What are some of the, the conditions? What are some of the symptoms that are bringing people to the table? Our population about um, under 18, about 30, 40% of the patients that we see are under eight, uh, age of 18. So we do see a broad variety. I also have a lot of extra training in functional medicine, psychiatry. So that came to me because of the disease conditions I was working with, Lyme disease, PANS, PANDAS, and autoimmune conditions. And then there was always an overlap with mental health that 
sometimes got ignored or they just got pushed of like, this is just anxiety and depression. This is, and panic attacks. This has nothing to do with some other reason. And so the stories when I first started treating patients where they're like, I've never had anxiety before. This happened with pans and pandas overnight. My kid turned into a different kid. They went to, I remember my first case was the, the patient called and said, my daughter went into the shower and she came back and it was like a completely different kid. That does not follow a typical situation. Someone that has anxiety, oftentimes it's, it's built up over time or they have these mild anxiety and, it, and something triggers, but something that is happening acutely does not add up when you look at it. And the same I've had for adults with like Babesia or Bartonella, where they said they never had a history of that. And some of them, which have went to like a hospital where they've like felt like they've lost their mind or they didn't want to care for their kids or like things that they had never felt in their whole life. And they're 35 or 40. You would have presented with symptoms of anxiety or panic attacks prior to that. So I think that's where we come in of like, why, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing we do in the world of naturopathic medicine, functional medicine, integrative medicine, holistic is like the why, the why, the why, the detective of continuing to ask, where did this, what was the start of it? What was the initiation of it? And getting to the root of it. And I think that's one of the other paradigm shifts when you're working with people that are coming from the other world is it's very much symptom management. And so we're always trained from day one of why. And so it's like flipping that is really hard when you've been taught other ways. And I think even by way of consumers, by way of how people buy things and wanting to take, you know, supplements, I think those are really needed, but you know, you need to know why it's happening in the first place rather than getting a big laundry list without having somebody to help walk you through that process as well. And you know, so many of the people that come to us, whether it's mood disorders or anxiety or pants, pants, whatever the reason is, and you wind up in an integrative practitioner, I think some of the resistance to even work with us is that they've come with all these things they've tried. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, I tried this, I tried that. And I always say, you know, Einstein says the greatest, the definition of insanity is to try the same thing over and over and expect mm-hmm. a different result. And that is why integrative care and working with a naturopath is so different because I know you tried all this stuff, but it was a lot of symptom management and it didn't get to the root causes of things. And I think that's where people are starting to get there, but because their traditional allopathic doctor, their pediatrician, their mm-hmm. inter, you know internist isn't saying that, they assume that you have a detective on the case. And so what I think is so important about what you said is that if somebody isn't really digging deep to try to make the connection between symptoms and why they're happening, you're probably not going to get better. And everyone, I have always like have a magic wand. Everyone always thinks we have the magic wand, (laughs) but that is really the magic wand is to really dig in there and figure out what it is. I mean, even when I think about mood disorders, I rarely have a mood disorder that didn't start with something else, didn't start with anxiety, long-term anxiety, and you burn out your adrenals, and then you're physically depressed. Not to say that I don't have straight mood disorders, but most of my mood disorders, I'd say that I work with probably 70% or more, start with you know anxiety, pants, pandas, other things that led to that, even OCD. So mm-hmm. we've got to change our mind. And I love that you brought that up. And I think for people that are watching or listening, if you're stuck and you're not getting better, who do you have on your team that is a root cause investigator is the question you need to ask. 
And that's what holds people back. Besides me always talking about your activated nervous system, you can't get better. You can't heal if your system is activated and everything's interconnected. And um, there becomes a lot of distrust too, right? So what happens is when you see in 12 people, you're, you're really hesitant. Um, you don't trust the system. But unfortunately, the healthcare model, you're meeting only having 15 minutes. It's on both sides. You know, it's, it's not necessarily what the provider wants to do either, but it's hard to be the detective when you actually don't have the time to do so. And I think that's one of the things our patients appreciate the most is they feel heard and they feel the trust. There's a lot of trust. And so that's empowering. I, I think that that's also medicine, you know, feeling heard, feeling listened to, especially in this day and age where we lack even more community than we had. And, you know, community plays a huge factor on mental health as well. So I think that is also an important part of like, who are you feeling heard by? Who are you feeling like you can trust? And so there's a lot of hesitancy even coming. Like you said, someone seeing 55 doctors when they're coming into you, they're going to be very skeptical. Like, saying things like, I, you know, I've tried these, I've tried that because they've had experiences that that where they haven't for, heard, felt listened to or heard or disregarded too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's very isolating. I mean, you know, I always say I have a friend and her daughter had pans like my Max had pans and they were very involved in their community, including the church. And when her daughter started to show mental health symptoms of OCD, it was very severe and everybody rejected her. And she was a deacon in her church. And, you know, she said, oh my gosh, Roseanne, like if a kid had this and had cancer or whatever, I'd have a line out the door. And, you know, her breaking point was somebody from the church church like dropped something off in the front door and didn't even ring the doorbell and she saw her kind of scurry off and she was like this is one of the most isolating things to have happened because people don't understand mental health they think there's a pill that's going to fix it and that isn't the truth even if you have organic ADD or you have organic anxiety a pill potentially could help I don't know that answer but really it's about changing behaviors and working on some of those things that are there and but this isn't growing. important Right. It's only growing yeah. in terms of mental health, especially and especially yeah. folks with chronic illnesses, much higher risk, chronic illnesses, chronic diseases like diabetes, higher risk for depression, a woman that has thyroid condition, much higher rates of depression. So all these chronic illnesses that are only continuing to grow also can be connected, uh, correlated with mental health. So it's here and present. And I think people, yeah, because they don't know what the resources or tools or where to connect people in they get very nervous by it or ignore or the, let's put a Band-Aid on it so that it's something I don't have to actually fully address. Yeah, and they can get overwhelmed by all of the evidence-based options for natural solutions too, which is surprising to me because I'm such a jump in the deep end kind of girl. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And I think it's always important to get proper guidance. I think it's always mm -hmm you know, to work with a professional, even if it's a starting point and you get a good care plan and you continue on your own. And that's what most people do with me. I'm sure that's what they eventually do with you where they get to a certain health point and then they say, okay, here's what it is and in some level of maintenance with you. But a lot of times people are unsure where to start. And certainly I always say, try to start with diet, even though I think that's the hardest thing for people. Um, it is, right? It, it definitely is. And I, 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 that's why I always say I try to meet my sayings. I was like, I meet you where you're at. Some that's people right. get so overwhelmed with the food that I'm like, okay, let's just, yeah. we're going to work on that in three months. Like for now, yeah. this is Me the too. one thing, like what is the one yeah. thing you're not supposed to eat 
that we're going to have you stay away from. (laughs) I think people think it's like all or nothing with the diet. Mm -hmm. Instead, you have to think of it as like just that. What is the one thing or what is the swap out and like check in with your body and how you feel and then start moving from there. Yeah, some people are so resistant to the diet. It's like, they're like, I listen to you. I know you're going to tell me it's a diet. But I also feel like supplements uh, are a good starting point for a lot of people because we are so nutrient deficient and we have so many genetic variants affecting us that I feel that that really can be helpful. And of course, I do feel magnesium is a good, healthy starting point for almost everybody. You always want to check with your provider. And there are definitely other things too, like a good probiotic and essential fatty acid. Those are, and vitamin D, those are probably like my, and maybe some zinc. Those would be like my top, top ones. But even that, Jacal, sometimes people have such a hard time incorporating it into their life, whether their child is restrictive, mm-hmm. has ARFID or sensory difficulties. Where do you like people to start when they take this journey? So I agree with you. I, uh, those base nutrients like magnesium, probiotics, fish oil, if they have trouble taking it, I look to see like, then what can you do it through diet? But like in terms of magnesium, a huge burden of the population is deficient. And a lot of that has to do with the soil quality, et cetera. And if we're not getting enough like dark green leafy vegetables where you get magnesium from, you can also get it from like pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds. These are things we're not usually doing daily in our diet, especially young people. Kids under 18, they're eating, you know, pastas, macaroni and cheese. They're not really getting the use of it. And the challenge is magnesium is uh, responsible for like 300, like many different factors throughout our body, including things like you mentioned, vitamin D. It helps with vitamin D absorption and also helps with our neurotransmitter uh, function in terms of, of this whole balance. Like there's many different chemical interactions at work with, but definitely as it pertains to like anxiety, mood, and calming. And this is all things that we know are going to be really, really important for young people, including the ability to focus and things like that in school. So I definitely, um, it's one of the nutrients I I highly recommend. I try to get people, um, if we're looking at forms, like you mentioned, like what is the form in which they'll take it? Sometimes the way you think doesn't match up. I'll have some kids that are five years old that their parent will say, oh, they, they can take pills. And I'm like, really? Because I'll assume and I'm like, oh, they're going to do liquid and nope, your parent will say no. Um, There's powder forms of things. There's lots of powder forms. There's liquid. Sometimes I have parents mask it in like smoothie or shake. You just have to be creative, but also seeing like asking the kid how they'll take it. And I will often say, what will you take? Like we go through the protocol, but sometimes we forget and we ignore the kid and we'll say, and you have to ask like, Because then they go home and they say, no, mom, I'm only going to stick with these two or three things. So I will ask them a visit. Do you think you can take this? Do you think you can do these two things? Do you think you can do? And a lot of times they'll say, yeah, but unfortunately, just like you, the, the people that we see are under being so ill that the kids will often just be like, hey, if this is they feel uncomfortable in school, they're embarrassed they're worried, you know, about a lot of times it's a social anxiety. So they're oftentimes willing to do it because they know if this is going to make them better, they're willing to do anything. But I think trying to ask them what they can commit to and not ignoring that because they're young is really, really important factor too. And yeah. helping the parents through that. You have said so many important things, Jacal, because mm-hmm. I always include kids. And a lot of times parents are so afraid and they've had their own history with kids refusing things. Mm -hmm. If you get a third party in there to ask, 
kids are sick and tired of being sick and tired and, mm-hmm. and they're willing to do things. You know, we made a powder form because I knew that was the way that was going to work. And I mm-hmm. also made it ridiculously tasty. We've only had one kid. Now I've ruined, ruined my record. One kid <laughs> refused it. But we beta tested on, on autistic children and they all actually really liked it. They were like, oh, I don't want to take it. And then they were like, oh, it's actually pretty good. Um, but I We think- do that too. We'll sample it sometimes in the office yeah. so they can taste it. And they're like, oh, I yeah. could do this. I could do this. This yeah. isn't so bad. My kids are so used to doing things. Hey, parents. Looking to turn those stressful days into moments of calm focus? Well, that's exactly why I created Neurotastic Multimag Brain Formula. It's the brain booster that helps kids and parents stay centered and sharp. It's not magic, it's science, and it's just a spoonful away. Bring the balance with Neurotastic. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium to get special subscribe and save discounts with, of course, amazing gifts. DrRoseanne.com forward slash magnesium. You and I are adults and we incorporate a lot of magnesium rich foods and I always have eaten that and so have my kids, but yet we're all still deficient because we have different things that go on in our, in our bodies. You know, I'm MTHFR, of course, like who isn't practically? Mm-hmm. And I also run at a high level and I'm just burning through magnesium. I mean, so I try to really focus on the most brain-based ones, L3 and A and glycinate um, being the two of my favorites. But adding something in, you've got to do it. Doesn't matter if it's magnesium, it doesn't matter if it's vitamin D. You need some consistency. Yes. So don't do it for a week and think it's gonna work, it's magic. You've got to do something for at least 30 days. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, completely agree. Because that is that is one thing people will try for a few days and they don't see a shift and they they want to change. But you need to commit to at least like, I, I agree with you, like I always say three to four weeks. So you can check magnesium, um, glycinate, bisglycinate is one of my favorites, as well as magnesium, L3-nate. 3 nate has had lots of studies about it studying to cross the, the blood-brain barrier. Um, any of the magnesiums, will help to support, but L3 and 8 has like the most studies and I, I yeah. frequently use it for kids at night for sleep um, to calm them down. But also, yeah, the other minerals is interesting because we check for kids iron all the time, right? That in the conventional standard is, yes. is one of the ones studied all the time, but they don't look at iron, zinc, and magnesium. And those three are highly coordinate, correlated also with hyperactivity and ADHD. Totally. So those are three ones that I'm looking yeah. at. Magnesium is definitely one of the crucial ones connected with um, the ability to focus and concentration, which is hugely important for kids in school yeah. all lots day of, for hours. Lots of studies about that. And and just know that a focus can be down because the primary problem is something other than ADHD. It can be mood disorder. It can be anxiety. It can be pants, pandas. It can be a million other things. Everyone always runs to an ADHD diagnosis. Um, and you might get that in your travels of trying to figure out what's going on. And really the primary problem might be something else. And if you're not really addressing that, you're not going to get the desired results. But yeah, three to four weeks in a minimum. And things like magnesium can, you can, you know, I know when I take magnesium, I notice it immediately. And most people do, but that isn't always the case. And your body may need it in a different way, instead of just calming, because as you talked about, it supports attention and it supports 
your heart, like your blood. I mean, there's just so many things it does that it's really helpful, but you have to have that constancy. And that means structure and routine. Like, how are you going to get this into your kid every day? Is Mm -hmm. it that smoothie? Today I made my youngest has mitochondrial issues. So I have like this whole ATP drink thing. And then I do (laughs) electrolytes and I I do all this. Right. And, and I was like, Oh, I didn't give it to him yesterday because I didn't drive him to school, you know? And I thought, Oh, I didn't leave it out. I have to remember that on that routine that because Mr. Hodge will do it if I tell him, but he's not going to do it because it's my routine, you know? So that's, that's really important. I think think that's a good reminder about routine because I'll have parents too, especially teenagers. I try to, and I'll have you the same, try to get them to own doing it without their parents have to remind them because then I want them to have more ownership. I even look at things like teas and they're like, well, why are we doing that? I'm like, because I want to start creating before the age of 18, like, oh, taking a tea to relax them before they go to the bed and like lifestyle changes that are going to help them for their life. So we'll have, when you mentioned routine, where the parents will put it in their bathroom, like where with a post-it note to take the vitamins. So they start doing it on their own, not because they came downstairs in the kitchen and their mom was like, oh, did you take your vitamins or before they went to the be- went to bed? Like it's in their bedroom or it's in their bathroom. So you can create some of those routines. And then the other thing I was just thinking with magnesium, magnesium, as well as like B vitamins are also the nutrients that often get most depleted if you're on any medication. So I also, I just thought of that to mention that another increased reason why we should look at magnesium. Dr. Patterson, that's um, antibiotics, Mm -hmm. that's psychiatric medications and other medications. Birth control pills, which a lot of younger people are on um, as well. So that's important too. And another tip, I love your tips because it actually is real world. Some of the top conversations I have with parents is like structuring this, but um, I'm a huge fan of just putting a timer on your phone with the name, take my supplements or whatever it is and having it go off because we're busy people. Like there's nothing wrong with having reminders and parents shouldn't of course, you want to scaffold it, but they shouldn't be the permanent reminders. And there can be other things in place for sure. Yeah, and exactly. I love the idea of teas too, because it's a, you know, like your kid can go off to college and get a cool tea. And they have these seltzers that have CBD oil in them now and things like that. And mm-hmm. and their kids are so open to wellness. Yes, they definitely are. And I, I mean, I've had kids, the parents come with the kids because the kid researched me. I, that's my favorite when the kids research, I love that they, too. Say, they, they yeah. tell the parents and the parents are like, oh, they Googled and looked you up. So that's always my yeah. favorite because they have the buy-in. But even when I talk about teas, it's like video games. I will get them to commit. Okay, can we go to one hour? I do a handshake for some people. And, and it teaches them again before they're going to school of like limitations and barriers. So all of those steps are really important of how you're incorporating them in the process. Yeah. And as we kind of wrap up, we talked about so many great, things about how we really have to get to root causes. Know that just because you've tried a lot doesn't mean you actually got to the right solution. If you're functioning okay, okay is not normal. So you Mm want to be functioning well. And that just means you haven't gotten to that right solution yet. And you can, you just have to keep working and, and using whatever provider you use, you have to follow through on, on their recommendations. But as we kind of wrap up, what would you say to people who are unsure about, you know, finally working with a provider who's got natural solutions? What would you say to somebody to help them make that choice? 
Well, I actually love what you just said, because a patient said that to me last week, that was 22. And I asked about energy and they're like, it's okay. It's better than before. It's okay. And I was like, it's, that's not okay. (laughs) It's just like, I don't want you to feel okay. I want you to feel vibrant. I want you to feel healthy, especially at 22 years old. You should have like energy galore. And it was sad to me that we've become like as a society or just like in general that we become just so um, complacent that we're like, well, I feel good enough. It's not okay to be good enough. You really, you should ask the question of like, you know, two years ago, I didn't feel this way. You know, something has shifted. Obviously things change as we get older, but at the same time, you should always want to feel like you're working like optimally and you're not kind of writing off of these, writing these things off until it's just so bad you need to get care. And so checking in with yourself, also having, I always say having grace too, that like, it's okay. You know, like you have a lot of other things, you're back on track, or I'm starting to make that small baby step because those small steps will lead to actually much better oftentimes results than this, like, you know, big life change. Oftentimes it's these small little changes. So think if there's resistance, just ask, you know, check in, call an office, learn more about what it is, see who is the proper fit that matches to like what your personality, what your style is, because that can be different for everybody. Um, but it's also, it's, it's not okay to just be okay. So I like what you mentioned that because that just, that rang true last week when I was saying that to somebody and they, they were so used to the, okay, they didn't even, they didn't even consider that. As like I can be great normal yeah it's not yeah. being normal like no that no you should feel amazing you know so right yeah <laughs> no I, I think thank you for saying that because there's always so much chatter in like the pants pandas groups about like is it ever even possible you know like and it is and mm-hmm. it's a journey and so many small things I say that all the time so I'm so glad you said that like so many small things little waves create big waves And so we have to dig into all those little things that are actually moving the dial instead of searching for that one big thing. But everybody can feel good. And guess what? You can have lifestyle changes that can bring that. So thank you so much for all your time. I'm going to have Dr. Patterson's information in our show notes um, so that you can contact her. If you need help from me in our one-to-one program, you can go to drrosanne.com forward slash help. Thank you and helping people on their healing journey and wherever everybody is, you know, it's going to be okay when you take one step towards natural solutions. Parenting is hard and there are so many ups and downs. Sometimes we just don't know where to start. But today you learned about why magnesium is safe, why it can be helpful, not just for mood, but so many issues that people struggle with of all ages. So no matter what's going on with you, your child, your family, it's going to be okay. We take one step towards natural solutions and hopefully that's towards magnesium. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at.